Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline McDonald. I run the Ballard Designs blog, howtodecorate.com. And I'm Taryn Schwartz, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen Mooney, and I head up brand at Ballard. Hey, y'all. We are so excited this week to have as our guest Maggie Griffin, whose home we recently shot. She's an interior designer in Gainesville, Georgia, and she graciously let us come take photos of her beautiful house and share them on our blog, and we thought we'd have her as a guest on the podcast this week. Let's do our trials and triumphs. Karen says she has a bunch, so she's going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> I usually like to go last so I can mock yours. <laughs> We're going to make my as are I coming go. out. We're going to judge know, right? yours Rare. if they're not good enough. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Let me try to pick a good one. <laughs> okay. Here's one you can mock for sure. Mm. This is easy fodder. <laughs> I, <laughs> this weekend, <laughs> I decided to color code all of my shoes. Go. Stop. Wait, was that the trial or the triumph? Wait, do triumph. You, do you okay. have? So you have a place where you can actually see them all in the color. Yeah. So I don't keep my shoes in boxes. I used to, um, a million years ago, keep my shoes in boxes. And this is my level of crazy. I had a picture of the shoes on the side of the box, so I could see those. And then I decided. For some reason, I don't know why it feels really good to have the box, but then I decided, why am I keeping all these boxes? There's just take up a lot of room. They're kind of a pain to pull out and open mm-hmm. and close and blah, blah, blah. So I got rid of all my shoe boxes. And then when... Mm, well, question. Was yes. it like a clear box? That no, it was the it original was the one that came shoe in. box. Got it. I didn't invest in, you know, a bunch of clear boxes. Anywho, uh, so when we renovated our uh, master, I don't know, three years ago or so, we redid our closet. We have a, you know, 1920s bungalow. Um, So we didn't really have a closet before. So when we did our closet system, yeah, so there's shelves that, you know, go up to the ceiling and down to like, you know, your knee level or shin level with shoe shelves. So I can see all my shoes. And so, yes, I um, went through all of them and I, you know, I did a good clean out. So I went through and I arranged my colors. So I started with black and then I went all the way down to like brown and then I did like my animals and then I went back That's up awesome. to like grays and light. You were a shoe horse. Karen is a shoe horse. I feel like you always I have one do. great. And you no. always wear heels. I do. Always. I, not today, but usually, yeah. yeah. But I don't, I'm not on my feet a whole lot during the day. I do a lot of sitting at a desk. So how do you feel? Now that with them all colored, uh, amazing. So I, I do my, it. I do my summer dresses because I have a lot more vibrant colors mm-hmm. just in general, and I have a lot of dresses, and I put them in color code. And every summer when I do it, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I know it makes me. I I do that in my closet. I do. I'm pretty strictly organized in my closet because of that Japanese art mm-hmm. of decluttering, Marie Kondo. Yeah, Is that she's her name? great. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I mean, I need a clean out, but I definitely do like my shirts by sleeve length and then by color. So it starts with sleeveless, starts at white and goes to darkest and then short sleeve, white to darkest mm. and then mid sleeve, mm. light to darkest. It just makes me want to <laughs> get dressed more so. No. It gives me clarity in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. Plus, I can find something that I was looking for. I'm like, oh, I want to wear that dress. It's red. All right. Here is a trial. I need a solution, ladies. First of all, I'm blind, so I can't see anything, <laughs> especially like my face when I'm putting Your face is beautiful. makeup. So when you get to my age, you need to see real close what's going on in there. There's random things happening. Your <laughs> eyebrows could be all over. There's whiskers coming out of your chin. You really need like the 25 times magnifying <laughs> mirror that's really well lit. Okay. I don't, I don't, I want one of those that t- attaches to my wall and has a light in it. Mm-hmm. They're really expensive. Really, really expensive. Like, what are we talking about? Hundreds of dollars. They have them in hotel rooms. Those are not, those are like sitting on the, no, the one yeah, sometimes they have them on it, but, but those usually are not well lit mm-hmm. and they don't give you enough magnification. It's pretty rare to have a good one in a hotel room. So, I would like to explain my ridiculous, janked-up version I have created at my house (laughs) that I use every day to put on my makeup, and I need a solution, so this is my problem. So I have like a travel one that's probably about six inches in diameter, and it flips open and it stands up. Well, the counter's too low if I put it on the counter. I'm like squatting. I can't see. So I have to, every day, I bring over our trash can that has a flip-up lid. I put that on the counter. Oh, my then gosh. Then I put my <laughs> mirror on the mirror, and then I'm in there. My husband is just like, you are a mess. So that's my dilemma. I mean, my tribulation. Tri- what is it? Trial. trial. That's my trial. I need a good mirror, and I'm, I need help shopping for one. So y'all Google it. Find it. Make it happen. God, if there are any men listening to this, they probably think <laughs> we're insane. But I think women will understand. I think many... Yeah, but they're not plucking their eyebrows. They, they need to. Be. They need to get in there and check out that ear hair. You, you need like a selfie stick with the mirror <laughs> on the end. But then you need both hands, too. That's the yeah. problem. Though, Are you up things. against a wall to your like left side? Mm-mm. No. Because I was thinking if you could place a small shelf at the height you needed, you could set the mirror on there. And then walk up to that and like. I think you just splurge on the fancy yeah. mirror. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know? do a little more price shopping. So. Yeah, it's got to be better than the trash can every I day. Know. Okay, I, I guess I'll go. Okay, so I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that um, we were a sponsor at the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival, mm-hmm. and you did and, the beautiful flower arrangement. Yes, and we I arranged from Japan. So. Um, Part of the Food and Wine Festival is that they have cooking classes um, that you can attend, and it's by, like, you know, great chefs around the country. So um, Will and I got some tickets through Ballard, and we went to a class, and it was called Louisiana Seafood. It was a husband and wife chef from – they have a restaurant in New Orleans called Sacolay. And another restaurant in a small town that I don't remember the name of. And their names are Corey and Samantha. And I can't. Carol. Corey and Samantha Carol. They (laughs) did the best dish. And the class was called Louisiana Seafood. And the seafood was good. But the really amazing thing was the beans that they served Grouper on. Okay, so... um, there is some. <laughs> I'm waiting. Crickets. <laughs> okay, so they basically cooked white beans in coconut milk. Do y'all love coconut milk? Because I've become obsessed recently. I love white beans. 
Okay, so I'm gonna oh, walk yeah, you through. I'm obsessed with white beans. Super like cannellini beans. Yeah, I love those. These are white navy beans, but they're same diff. They're yeah, very similar. Okay, so this is what you do. And they told they so said wait, this in the class. They take the hard dried bean and cook it in coconut I'm, milk. I'm, okay, I'm, get, I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. so they said that if you're gonna do bean, like if you want creamy beans, like as a side, mm-hmm. you always cook them from dry. Don't use canned beans. Something about the way they've been cooked before they're canned makes it so they're never going to get like super duper creamy. Mm. They've so, already absorbed everything. They yeah, probably well, process them some way. Yes. There's, I don't know what it is anyway. So what they did is they just, they did like two to one beans to water or sorry, water to beans, like twice as much water as beans, mm-hmm. put it all in the, you know, your Dutch oven or whatever. And then, so we did like two cups beans a whole onion, um, like half a stalk of cel- like mm-hmm. st- not a single stalk, but like a whole bunch of celery mm-hmm. and a red pepper. You chop it all up, throw it in there, and just start. Don't you don't saute it or anything. You just put it all in the, in the Dutch oven with the dried beans in the water. Mm-hmm. Bring it to a boil and just let it simmer for like six hours. Then sounds like I could do it in my crock pot. You think? Maybe. All right. Trying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Keep Maybe. going. I'm already wanting this right now for dinner oh my God, tonight. It's I need to go start. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have it tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, so then once your beans are like really kind of starting to get mushy, um, start and kind of keep adding water as it's boiling because it's going to start, you know, boiling down. So you're going to want to keep adding water over those six hours, just a cup every three hours or something. Then start adding in coconut milk. I think we ended up doing like a can and a half of coconut milk. At what point? Like, like after six just, hours? When you know, they start getting soft? Once they start getting like soft enough to where okay. you eat them. Okay. Um, then, so, okay, in the class, what they did is they, you know what tasso is? It's like a Cajun ham and they like pack the ham with spices and then they cook it. They use the tasso application for gator. Mm. so it was this like super spicy gator and they threw that in there at the end we obviously weren't going to do gator mm-hmm. but we got Kaneka sausage mm, i love Kaneka sausage the bomb it is the bomb i haven't had that. you can get it at your Publix if you yeah. live in atlanta or it's made in alabama it is so, so good good you're gonna die it's, it's so good. uh it's like with uh bacon and sausage in the grocery store and it looks mm-hmm. like a long link uh, yeah, like, it's more cured, like, uh, like Hillshire Farms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get those really big, long link sausages. It looks mm. like that, but skinny. It is so mm-hmm. good, so good. It's spicy. Mm-hmm. It's good though, but I don't really like too spicy stuff. It's not like gonna kill you. Anyway, so just throw like saute that, just render it, and get it like kind of crunchy, mm-hmm. and then throw that in right before you serve it. Amazing, so good. Oh, garlic! I forgot about garlic with the veggies. I am in love. Are you going to put the recipe up there? Because I want to make that right now. Yes. When are you making it for us? I actually have some leftovers in the fridge at work here. I'll When I heat it up tomorrow for lunch, I'll bring you a little cup of it. You can taste. Okay. That's a giver. So that was your trial. Okay. And then my trial is that, so we are a neighborhood super old where our lots aren't very big. So our we're always, um, we're like really jammed up next to our neighbors and there's a tree 
on our property line that has a very precariously hanging limb over Mm -hmm. our house. So we've been wanting to do this project next year. And before we do that, we would need to either take the whole tree out or just take this limb off. And so we had to get the arborist to come. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, you need to take it down. Oh, good. At least he gave you permission. But here's, here's the trial part. It's dead center on our property line. Mm -hmm. And the homeowners to like our neighbors, our house backs up to theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, They're like out of town. They don't live in their house anymore. It's rented. So we don't really know like who to, how to get to them. And ask the renter. They send them a check. Yeah. But like, they're not here. Like who pays for it? It's very expensive. Oh, they're not going to pay. I know. I can tell you. It sucks. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay. Yeah, you're paying. How big is that tree? Real, real expensive. Four grand. Yeah, that's how much it was to take the tree out of my neighbor's yard that he wouldn't pay for. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm not bitter or anything. Not bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, the guy was like, the arborist told my husband that like we really should wait till we do the renovation because they're gonna have to get like a crane to take the tree out. So they're going to have to, like, tear up our whole yard and driveway to get the crane in there to get the tree out. Mm. Anyway, so fingers crossed that the tree limb doesn't fall in our house. In Why don't next- you just chop the tree limb off and call it a day and leave it? I think what they said about the tree limb is that if you cut off that big of a limb, it's going to kill a tree anyway. So then you're going to have to bring it out twice, bring the tree people out twice. Maybe mm. it'll fall in their house instead of mm-hmm. your house. It's uh. There are a lot. It's that is huge. a trial. It's nowhere, it's nowhere near. A lot of trees in Atlanta fall over and crush stuff. Yeah. So and it's have just to a keep huge expense out. and not something you. Mm-mm. It's nothing it's money you, think you don't want to spend. No. <laughs> anyway, so that's my trial. Truth. Boom. That is I'll a big old posted. trial. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't solved it yet. You better start saving your pennies. Yeah. yeah. That trees you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. All right, Taryn. Wrap it up, lady. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're so good at that. We're so quick. So I have in my art room, I have these shears with these black tassel on the edge. I love them, but I got them at 86 inch or wait. Yeah, 84. Anyway. 86. Is it 86? No, it's 84. 84. Okay. It's 96. Oh, yeah, you're right. 84, 96, 108. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Those are standard drapery lengths. <laughs> yes. And then They're standard drapes. Yes, I just purchased them off the market. My rod, where there were already holes, because it was an old home, I put the rod up so it's not to the ceiling, mm-hmm. and it's only a single rod. Well, I really want to make it, I want to do a heavier panel in front and do mm-hmm. the shears in the back, because I still love the shear with the black tassel, and I want to do a fabric that has like a black print, like some kind of black in it, Pretty. and then have that coming out from behind. Mm-hmm. So my question is... Can I still use my 80s? I know what you're going to say. You see what I'm saying? I yeah. want to hang them to the ceiling now. No. And I can't. No. Well, you can, but you're going to have to do something to make that panel longer. I'm not going to be able to. I don't Does think it's it a have, sheer. With it, the tassel, the whole Does it side. go down the side, not along the bottom? It doesn't go along the Why bottom. Why don't you just add a little border at the top or the bottom? You could just do a white sheer at the top or... Because I guess you just wouldn't have any tassel part at the top. Yeah, it'll just be a little band. Do black. I'm picturing it. Yeah. Hold on. Maybe. 
Okay, How you high can't, is your ceiling? You can't have it be like 12 inches I off can't the floor. Win. Nope. Mm-mm. No, Question. we're gonna judge you and laugh if you do that. No, do I know that. I can't. That's why I was hoping y'all would have a better solution because I need to replace the hardware and get double. What, what if is you? Your ceiling is it going to be on a double rod? I need a double rod, don't I? Yeah, if I want to do. Yeah. Well, technically, I guess you could clip both into one ring, but you, that doesn't make any sense. What about if you added tab top? To it, added tabs to the top of it that were kind of long, length. and then you could kind of tie them loose around mm-hmm. your pole. You could add black tabs. You could add like two inches of black border mm-hmm. with black tabs that were like four inches. That would give mm-hmm. you like six inches. That might be cute and work. So then I only have to buy new hardware. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a question for you. What is the difference between where the rod is yeah, now? Well, how much space you're gonna have? I mean. How dramatic is this I think it's 12. 12 yeah. inches? Yeah, inches. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to do something. Dang it. I think I, I figured I pretty much had to replace both, but I was pretty mm-hmm. depressed about it. Because I really want to do it because I think it would look much better, but I'm like, dang it. Taryn, what's your trial? Um, what's oh, your trial? triumph? My triumph was we are um, kind of moving spaces downstairs in our cubicle land. And because my little team is kind of trying to make a little more creative space. Um, and they kind of laid out which cubes we could have. And so I'm really, I was telling Caroline before we started this, how excited I am. Because I was talking to some of our directors and stuff and like my idea. And like now I'm just kind of pumped because I think we're going to rid of some of the cubes and kind of float some space so we can Like have a more, more open area? Yeah. That's neat. And I'm kind of excited because... That means I get to decorate it. So, <laughs> good girl. Decorating you know me. Always I love it. I was like, and we can put some bookcases over here. What? Maybe a little sofa over here. Yeah. We'll it. see what we'll see what you know what actually happens. That is one of the perks of working at Ballard, though, because we all get to decorate our own space how mm-hmm. we want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Ballard stuff, they're pretty like they're like they'll let you kind of do whatever you want to wow so it's a good week good trials good triumphs now on with the show (laughs) maggie we are so excited to have you as our guest thank you for stopping by i loved your house because it was so layered, and we always talk on this podcast about how people should make their homes reflect their personality, and the second you walk in, I feel like you can sense your personality. It's so warm. Thank you. And it's got this, like, classic Southern charm, and it was just, it was beautiful. I appreciate that, Caroline. Thank you for coming. It really is. Happy I was to be here. perusing all through it today, too. <laughs> Okay, nosing around. Yeah, the, and her house. house. She wasn't home. <laughs> you <laughs> Please don't mind. Come do you? Anytime. I'd love to have you. <laughs> so, all right, you're an interior designer. Yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been practicing? How'd you get into this? Go now. Yes. So, my husband and I both went to the University of Georgia. Um, and while I was in school there, I worked at the cutest little downtown boutique and we carried high end home furnishings. There would be ladies who would come in our store and just show me a picture on their phone or describe a situation they had in their house. And they'd say something like, 
I just want to freshen up my shelves or my bedding needs a little refresh. And so the lady who was running the store at the time would just say, why don't you just take some things, you know, stay on the time clock, but leave a little early. And I would come back with an empty car. So (laughs) it kind of created my first little clientele. And of course, as things go, we do the shelves and then it was well, we need something in the entryway, and then we need the bedding. So by the time I graduated, I had just, I mean, a handful of sweet clients. And then Suzanne, who was running the store, recommended me to her friends. And one thing kind of led to another. So I had a a fun little base. It was moms and daughters or moms and best friends. And then um, my husband and I were living in Gainesville or moved to Gainesville right after we got married. And it took a little while to sort of establish myself there. But I was coming down to Atlanta with clients here. Um, How far is Gainesville? It's about 45 minutes down 985. Yes. It's an easy drive. I do it a lot. So, (laughs) you know, um, I'll coming back on Friday. So it doesn't bother me to just scoot right back down. So I kind of concentrate between Athens, Atlanta and Gainesville now. Um, my husband and I both love to renovate and move. So we're already on our fourth house, and we've only oh been married gosh. for eight years. What? Yes. So oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds so crazy. It's to me. crazy. We kind of have the itch again, but you know, we have the six month old, and we're like, that would be really hard to leave right now. <laughs> yeah. We love our house. We love our house. We're not leaving it. Um, <laughs> yes. In a we're minute, not leaving maybe. it. Give yeah, it a yeah. minute. <laughs> well, our first house is his bachelor pad, and so we lived there for a little while, and then we had. Um, we were living on Lake Lanier at the time and had a super fun time. And then once we had children, we decided to move closer to work and church and school. Um, so now, you know, the power of social media is amazing. And so many people reach out to me from following me on Instagram. And I had a blog for years. I still have it, but it's more of a portfolio now. But at the time, because we renovated so much, I would blog about what we were doing in our own house. And so it was such a learning experience for me too, because we were doing things like true renovation, Mm -hmm. um, on a dime. And I bet that helped you with clients when later on they're renovating and then you had real world experience, especially. Yes, absolutely. And now I have my trusted subcontractors, the builders I like to work with the, you know, who I can call on and they make me look good. So mm-hmm. I, I trust their work because I've used them. So that's, yeah. Kind that's of fun. So are. you've been doing this like 10 years? Then? Yeah. So um, I've been out of school for eight years. I did a double You're major. So young. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was in school for six years. So um, I'm 33 and worked with you know, worked in here at Heary's in Athens for a long time. And then one of my good friends is a landscape architect and an interior designer. And so I work alongside him. James Farmer. Yes. Well, I was going to mention James because as I was nosing around your house today, (laughs) I saw a little stack of four James Farmer books in one of the images. Yeah, so uh, James and I have been best friends our whole life. And he and my husband and I all grew up in Hawkinsville, Georgia. And then he, of course, went to Auburn and we were at UGA. But James, um, yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, we, said, we, don't talk, we don't hold it against him that he went to Auburn. <laughs> but my husband, David, and James are just a couple of weeks apart in age. So they were in school together all through elementary school. And then uh, he ended up, we, he and I both went to high school in Perry. So that's where his shop is. And we are together as often as we can be. Mm-hmm. And I really, I tell people, like, he and I will be riding down the road. And we're like, can you believe people pay us to do this? 
Like, this is so fun. I mean, truly. Like, and our mamas were friends, and all of our siblings, we all overlap in age. So there's, I mean, true history there. Yes. Did you help him at all with his house he just designed and built? I was. So my first degree is in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished it super fast, and then I decided to stay and do the furnishings and interiors route at UGA. They're not that different. Really? (laughs) Um, Yes. So a lot of, you know, I'm not pretending to be James's psychologist by any means, but while he was building Farmdale, we talked a lot about it. I think when you do what we do and you see so many beautiful things on a daily basis and you have this opportunity to create something for yourself and for your family, you want to impart all the most mm-hmm. lovely things that you've mentally captured in your mind from it's your It's a clients. lot of pressure. Major pressure. A lot of pressure. Yes, because his home is now the site of beautiful parties and, of course, his interiors book that will be out in the Garden fall. tour I saw the other day on yes. his Instagram. Yeah. Yes, he had all the sweet um, church ladies come through. And, and they're judgy, those church ladies. <laughs> church ladies, yes. <laughs> but they were happy about their chicken salad they had for lunch. Um, but, yes, so that was a lot of our conversations were just, like, you know, he would say, is it just, a, you know, am I really going gutsy with painting my house chocolate brown? I said, James, you've always wanted a chocolate brown house. Uh-huh. It's just paint. Just set, sort just of paint, reassuring paint him and helping him oh, edit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But clearly he's got it under control. Like he's James <laughs> he Farmer. Knows he knows yeah. exactly what it needs mm-hmm. to yeah. look like. Yeah. Do you just like show him one of his books and go, I don't know, read this book. You'll figure <laughs> it out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you wrote the book on it. Yeah. You wrote the Literally. literally. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, so we've been we um Karen was in some videos with James and oh, he we've been like dying to get him back. I think he's so busy. I know that we need to like wrangle him up here. Yeah, you do because so, yeah. he's such a good storyteller. I oh my gosh, that, you know I truly believe his gift is storytelling, and that translates into what he does for his clients. He tells their story in the most beautiful way in their homes, and he has a gift for it. His granddaddy's a pastor. He's a um, Baptist minister and James gets that from him. What a great way to describe decorating is, you know, telling the story of the homeowner. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think that's my job. How do you get the story out of the homeowner? (laughs) The pretty story. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Not the ugly tacky Yes, yes, yes. The good story. Um, You know, I think we can all read when someone gets excited about something and then you just kind of build on that. So it might be, you know, a piece that their grandmother left to them or a piece of china or a rug. Um, And then you just kind of keep pulling that thread. So that's kind of my approach is just really talk to you kind of see what you're interested in and I like to use the pieces you have already if if we can you know something that means something to you not just start from scratch Mm -hmm. what's your favorite way to pull together a room well a rug is a really easy way um, because I have been blessed with amazing clients who have these incredible heirloom pieces and like beautiful rugs or runners yeah I know right or like a set of china, you mm-hmm. know, that has a beautiful color scheme. So we all know the the great color scheme that comes out of like an Amari porcelain. And that's just a great, fun start to like a dining room. Um, or a rug is always a beautiful way to start for your living room or a pillow or something they've collected on a trip, like a piece of art. So usually it's me guiding them on, this is great. They're like, oh, it's not ugly. Like, really, it's not. But we can make <laughs> it better. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like you did, James. Yeah. Yeah. So I... um, Lamb's ear is the way to go on the show. Do it. Lamb's ear. (laughs) So um, I really like your house. 
Thank you. It's really Thank pretty. You, you guys check it out on the blog. Um, but I wanted to make a few observations because I think this is really cool. Clearly, you like blue. Yes. Love blue. <laughs> yes. Blue and green. It's my go-to. And you're a master pattern mixer. You know, well, I feel like you love, you know, ECOT and things like that. But the way yes. you're mixing all of that, mixing color and mixing pattern was so uh, really well done. Just beautiful. It, it didn't seem too much, but it wasn't at all boring. Every room had a great vibe and energy to it, which I really, really enjoyed. Thank you. So, you know, with ECOTs or something with a more global sort of sense or undertone I kind of gravitate towards that um that's why I love to layer things like batiks or ecots or stripes or those classic patterns like that and my friends laugh because my pillows are on a constant rotation <laughs> everything is ah. we have um, a lot of pillow talk here so we yes. might have to delve into that a little <laughs> oh, <my> bit word. <laughs> um but I that's the easiest way to update your space you know um so I try to keep all of my upholstery as neutral as possible. Um, I do have two small children, so I tell my clients, they're like, how does your furniture still look like that? So I just scotch guard it, you know, as much as I can. (laughs) And I put down a blanket if, you know, they're eating something that could just, you know, leave a little orange track. Right. Um, (laughs) But I keep my upholstery really clean and neutral, and so that allows me, like, if I have... A whim, and I want to say, oh, let's throw in some red. Okay. Done. Yeah. There's nothing holding me back. <laughs> so right. I keep the seagrass, and I love a seagrass or a jute on the floor. I do love a hide rug. And, and you have a couple of those, and you layer a lot of rugs in I your love house. that, because mm-hmm. hides are super indestructible, and they wick water, they wick staining, they're easy to just sort of shake out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's same with like a seagrass. It's, it's, it's not like a regular carpet or something that's a heirloom piece that you're so terrified of right. dropping something on. So I want our house to be comfortable. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to kind of be the queen of my castle. It's just <laughs> me and my boys. And David's so sweet to let me do what I want Your to. husband doesn't care? He cares, Does he have an opinion? but he trusts me. Um, so my mother-in-law had a beautiful sense of style. So he was certainly around beautiful things when he grew up. And I was lucky enough to have the most stylish grandmothers, in my opinion, on the planet. Oh, wow. And, and Very a, cool. And a mother who, you know, I just think everything she does is fantastic. So David kind of knew what he was getting into <laughs> when he got married. Um, but I do change things a lot. I like to keep things fresh. And I'm really, you know, we're all kind of into, like, the wall covering. So I try to stay um, reined back a little bit because I, I just love changing things. But I do keep my pillows kind of fresh and new, but everything else kind of stays more neutral. So if you're going to redecorate, if you're trying to keep some, you know, you feel like, okay, my breakfast room, I want to swap something up. Yes. Are you rearranging art? Are you, what are you? Yeah. Um, I keep my painters in business because. So you're like repainting patching holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Well, sometimes it depends. But um, yes, I do try to keep my artwork kind of on a rotation too, because I'm always, I always look for new pieces. And mm-hmm. I tell my clients that too. They, you know, I have had a couple of images come up on my Instagram of like my big gallery walls of my landscape paintings. And they're like, where did you find all those? Well, it took me years, you know, to kind of gather those things up and a lot of travel and a lot of kind of digging and, and kind of seeing, you know, a rose among thorns because you can Mm -hmm. flip through and there might be 20 terrible things. And one that's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And if it reminds me of somewhere I've been or some, 
one, I'd kind of grab it. But um, you can find some really cool things. You know, Etsy's a great source, too, for old things. And I think Vintage Paint by Numbers, I use those in both my boys' rooms. What a great idea. Are so cute. Yeah, they always have like a little dog or something fun. That's really cute. Um, So, yes, I do kind of rearrange my artwork. I just recently kind of just up the kitchen before you guys got there, (laughs) the breakfast area. But um, I kind of, you know, I've got some plates that I don't have everything out, but I do have a lot. So I'll sometimes take down the plates I have and put something else. Those white plates? Yes. Those are so pretty. Thank you. So pretty. You're talking about the ones around my TV? I don't know. I saw a close-up over a bracket. Oh, yes, yes, that Mm -hmm. is. It's in my breakfast room. I felt like, okay, we get a lot of questions about how to kind of treat your TV in your room. And I thought that your house had two amazing examples. One of them, I don't, okay, you're going to have to explain. Yes, yes. It was like an old. It's an old Chinese screen. Okay. And you had it here. You talk. Yeah, yeah. So. um, (laughs) You do it. Our front living room, our house was built in the 40s. So there are charming quirks that come along with a house that's 80 years old. And our front living room has a beautiful original fireplace, and that particular wall is plaster, I believe. So they kind of posed a couple of challenges with maybe getting a television in there somewhere, because truth be told, if you don't have a TV in a room, a lot of times you just don't use it. Right. Especially two small kids. It's very practical thinking there, you know. I mean... Yeah. No, like a really. Fan. No one ever goes in my living room because there's no TV. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I had this Chinese screen that I grabbed from an antique mall. It was like seventy five bucks, and I was hold. It had been hanging up there, and I said, David, what if we just kind of built it out so you really can't tell that it's away from the wall? I put the TV back there. Like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Is the TV hanging on the screen? No. So at the time, there was nothing hanging behind the screen. The screen was hanging over, and it's when I say screen, it's not a um, a screen that you put on the floor. Right. Yes, it's strictly like a wall screen. Okay. And it's probably uh, like maybe five feet across and three feet tall. So I was like, if we could just maybe take that screen and pull it forward, we could maybe mount the TV back there and split it down the middle Uh and open it up and close it like doors. Yes. Smart. So I've seen a couple of people where they would just kind of match the molding that kind of was around their fireplace and create a door that way. And then you could put a piece of art over that or mm-hmm. something like a pair of prints. Um, so he was totally on board. He's like, I think this is a great solution. It's kind of serving both of what you and I both want. Right. <laughs> um, my sweet contractor, you know, it took him a minute to come around. He had to think on that for a little bit. Uh-huh. He's so pleased with it. He... Um, <laughs> He took pictures and has shown it to several other people, and they just are like, we've got to do this in one form or fashion, whether uh-huh. that's building a wood screen or doing a pair of prints. But it is a great solution. It's a happy medium for those of us who don't want to look at a TV all the time. Do the doors go all the way back? No. Okay, they just go they like just out. They just fold out, degrees. yes. Um, are they always open? No, they're not actually. <laughs> oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, so I do close them. Um, we have this awesome outdoor space on the back of our house that um, we really sold us on our house. And in the summertime, we do not, we're not inside. We are out there. That's where we eat all of our meals during the summer and in the fall. And there's a TV out there too. So we use that space. And when we are, I keep those, that screen shut because it's much prettier to look at than the big black box. In your breakfast room too, you did a, like a beautiful treatment around it with some white plates. And I love that because most people would sort of think like to to distract from yes. the TV. Right. 
I need color or darkness or something. Mm -hmm. But even just, you don't have to hide your TV. Yeah. I mean, we all know they're there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if it's a room, like a breakfast room, it's a little more casual, just treat it like a painting, just like you did, and surround it with other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our keeping room, we spend a lot of time there, too. Um, And that is where... In the wintertime, we'll sit there at our breakfast table. And, you know, if it's a breakfast, well, like our four-year-old will be watching television. And so I found myself with a couple of, like, white things. And um, I collect antique, like, English creamware. And so it is a mix of really inexpensive and nicer pieces. So a lot of that is, like, from Target mm-hmm. or from an antique store. And I just kind of mixed it all together through those white brackets under there. And it does minimize... You know, it's still something around a television where I would have not really known what else to do. But it's right. not a lot of color, I guess. Right. So it, but it's it, it, I guess you're right. It's not the only thing on the wall when you look at the wall of the TV. There's other stuff. Yes. So it's pretty stuff. All right. I have a question. Thank you. Yes. Do you believe in having a television in your bedroom? <laughs> we do have a television in our bedroom. Um, right now with two small kids, there is no other time for us to watch just 30 minutes of the news. Mm -hmm. So that's what, you know, our TV is for. Um, I didn't grow up with the TV in my room and I have plenty of clients who say absolutely not, but that is kind of, you know, my guilty pleasure shows (laughs) we watch (laughs) at nighttime. You know, we put the kids down and that's where we watch our, whatever we're binge watching at the time right now is house of cards. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have another bedroom question and then I'll be quiet for a minute because I feel like I'm talking all over everybody. Okay. Ceiling fan in the bedroom. So my husband demanded it. What up? Yes. I mean, is there any way to get around that, or do we have to have ceiling fans in our bedroom? <laughs> we have one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just practical. Mm-hmm. You know, so my general rule of thumb is to make them as nondescript as possible. In the most perfect scenario, they would be sprayed to be painted the same color as the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I believe Bunny Williams is the one who taught us that trick. Ooh. Um, Bunny. Um, the master of everything fact check that (laughs) I believe I read that from her in House Beautiful Um, so our ceiling is painted saber gray by Benjamin Moore and then our walls are just linen white so I love that kind of contrast but my ceiling fan is white and I should just paint it saber gray but that is the my, kind of my rule of thumb. If I have a client who's building a new home, I say, let's go the sleekest white fan that we can find. Just very simple and it sort of disappears. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. a fan too. And I do too. I mean, guys. Everybody does, right? We live yeah. in the yeah. South. Yeah. yeah, we live in Georgia. We it's have to. It's hot. an apartment in New York? Sure. No ceiling fan. Um, all a lot of apartments in New York don't have air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I'm just Boom. saying, like, if, you you're need in a, one. if you're in a part of the <laughs> country. I need a little box fan in the corner. Where it doesn't demand it. But anyways, I have to say that there is a ceiling fan that Ballard sells that I love and I have it in the house. Oh, the Carter? The Carter. The Carter ceiling fan is very cute. Uh, Is that the zinc one? It's a good looking fan. It has zinc finish. Yes. Um, Center thing. Center thing. Whatever that thing is. Motor, house, casing. Motor. Stay tuned. We have another one coming. (gasps) Did you design that, Taryn? I was part of it. <laughs> so if you all hate it, you can write it. Yeah, we'll we'll tell you. <laughs> anyway, yes, Anyways. that one is cute. I just think it looks good. So if you're bit, looking out for one, is feel. that what you have in your bedroom? Mm-hmm. You have the Carter. I have one in my living room too. Because during the summer, I mean, you know, I think it's good looking. I like the zinc finish, and I mean, I honestly picked the dark brown 
um, blades, blades, mostly because it it just coordinates with my whole house, mm-hmm. and I I I think the shape is really pretty, so it didn't bother me. I just think it's a nice clean it's shape, a nice clean look, and yes. you know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to hide it. No, <laughs> they are what they are. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, They're, I agree. Yeah. Their practical solution. There's a lot of debate at work about ceiling fans. We go on and on about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. To love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like TV above a mantle. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The you, endless debate. TV yes. above a mantle. <laughs> you have to Ooh, make wait. your house comfortable for you. Exactly. And if, if you're going to suffer because you don't have you a ceiling fan, what's the cute? point of yeah. that? That's you like know? having a pretty sofa that's not comfortable. Yeah. Ugh, no. Yeah, you're right. Well, wait, I want to know your opinion on the TV above mantel. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just the way the room orientation works yeah. most of the time. Especially with a lot of my new builds, we have these, you know, great, huge, you know, fireplaces. And then our sitting arrangement, we can't just stick the TV over in a corner. So a lot of times they just end up there. It's just more practical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy doing older homes or the newer builds? Newer builds are fun because I love being so invested from the very beginning. And I, you know, I encourage people, whether it's me or someone else, that a designer can help you so much with a new build. It is an inordinate amount of decisions for most people, especially if this is your first time. Um, So I encourage you to have, even if you don't hire a designer, have a sounding board, someone that you can talk to, because when that builder is saying, we need you to pick out windows and doors and switches. And you're like, wait, where's the fun stuff? Right. You know, so <laughs> then nothing's I, fun. Even the fun stuff's fun. not it's fun stressful. by then because you're yes. so sick of it. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh. I know, but I, I do love building from the ground up with my clients. We can orient the house on the piece of land that we're building on. We can decide, you know, how we want the garage to be facing. So I do love that. Now, I live in an older home, so the character of an older home just makes me so excited. Um, People that think, you know, things are quirks or problems, I'm like, that's so fun. Mm -hmm. You know, your house is old. You have more charm. You can't build this again, you know, a lot of times. So Mm -hmm. I do love an older house. And fortunately, I have a nice kind of balance. New, new stuff, old stuff. <laughs> if this is your fourth home with your husband, the first was the bachelor pad, so we won't even talk about that one. But the rest, were they all older homes? Um, no. So our first house, it is funny. It was a, a 50s ranch. And that's what Taryn lives in. Respect. <laughs> I love a ranch house. I love just a great ranch house that's, yes, we had so much fun there. When I came along, the living room was <laughs> paneled. Mm-hmm. And there was a plaid sofa and three recliners. <gasps> nice. Ooh. And he was. Were they corduroy? Two were. Did like they have drink nubby holders? avocado mm. green tweed. <gasps> and <laughs> greens in one. one <laughs> yeah, green One was like a hunter green solid. <laughs> and then, is this is the eighties. <laughs> this is. Oh, word. you're too young um, for it to be the 80s. Oh my God. But it's no, these were 80s. surviving pieces mm-hmm. from way back then. Yes. Um, he goes, but this room doesn't need a thing. Oh, like, nope. no, you're right. Babe. <laughs> and then the so you know it. in it. Yeah. Um, Except a widescreen TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is like the TV. Yes. And oh. everything was facing, you know, ready for the TV. Oh, so, yeah. Um, everything oriented. All three recliners. Funny. All three recliners. It would create an L. All three recliners were in a row. And <laughs> it's awesome. It <laughs> was against the wall. Um, pretty soon, though, we it's had like a, a movie theater. Oh, 
that's what was happening. Yes, it was like boys, and they were there. They were this watching awesome. games all day on Saturday. It was perfect for him. So our second home, no, it was not old, but it was built um, in the 80s. It was much more of an open concept floor plan on the lake, and we loved that. It was a fun change for us. Um, and then we moved into our little cottage. So we've kind of, our little, um, have had everything. Our four, our fourth house is our mountain cabin in Highlands and it was built in the fifties too, but it's much more, co- it's a cottage feel. So. That's North Carolina, y'all. Highlands, yes. North Carolina. Highlands, North Carolina. <laughs> it's a place a lot of people in the South go to get slightly cooler. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. You hit the mountain and it's 10 degrees yeah, cooler. It, mm-hmm. It's a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's nice. Yeah. Okay, so can we talk about the fact that you do have children? Yes. And your house is adorable. Their room, like that nursery is the most amazing not baby nursery nursery (laughs) I've ever seen. Yeah, I would have never been able to guess how much joy I got out of planning two boys' rooms. You know, you always dream of like the pink and the stuff. But the boys have been so much fun for me. Um, At our last house is where we brought Henry home from the hospital, and his nursery was equally Unbaby, mm-hmm. um, and I reused all of his pieces, his bed, and and then for Samuel, we grass clothed the walls. Um, I love antelope rug in there, and the antelope oh, rug. So yes, great. it's so soft, and that is he's upstairs by himself right now. But um, I well, love. You that. don't have a babysitter? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, <uh-oh. laughs> I mean, Henry and I, we're on the main level. Um, and maybe the boys will both move upstairs eventually. Um, but I, I loved doing my nurseries for my two boys. And Henry's room is right off of our kitchen. So it's probably a bit sophisticated for a four-year-old. You know, we've got Really, a nice headboard and monogram linens. Every four-year-old needs monogram linens. Well, every Southern four-year-old. Yeah. Does. That's right. That's right. Um, we believe in a monogram in the South. Yes, and Henry, um, he's such. They're both of my boys. They're just all boy. He gets up in the morning. He is ninety to nothing, and then he goes to bed at night. So he's, but he's so sweet. He loves his little room and kind of lets me do what I want. Well, do you have tips for how to decorate a child's room without SpongeBob sheets? Yes. So that was sort of, yes, right. Since the room is right off my kitchen, I couldn't very well have like a Lightning McQueen bed. Mm, I mean, I guess I could. That is cool. They want a Lightning McQueen bed. <laughs> yes. I mean, I hate to take the kids through Target when they were little because they'd be like, oh, look at that race car bed. I know. I want the them. sheets. Like, look yeah. away. <laughs> the lamp. Oh, yeah. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I guess my approach for kids' rooms is really similar to my approach for anyone's home. I would stick to classic neutrals that you can throw that cute little pillow on there. Um, just last week, Grace and I installed um, kind of a tween boys' room. So everything in the room is really neutral. But then he's got his fun little artwork that's still reflective of where he is in his life but that's not a big deal to change as his taste gets a bit more sophisticated or grown up when he transitions into more of like sports so you know without the commitment of a spongebob square pants lamp or sheets you just keep everything you know ginghams i always encourage like that i mean those are things that any boy wants or i think look like any boy from the age of four to 24 you know so those fun little patterns like that and then just throwing in a fun pillow or a piece of artwork or even a whimsical lamp is a sweet way to do that so pick your big stuff make it classic simple can grow with you everything else that's you know the art the accessories pillows right 
Make so that fun. both of my boys, I grabbed dressers from Scott's that were just old antiques that I liked that looked kind of like boyish that I feel like will be with them until, you know, maybe send until them. Until their they wife comes along yeah, and their takes wife. their yeah. three recliners. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. What do yes. you do for the toys in your living room or the open spaces? Um, so we have a basement, which is where we keep most things. Um, but I do have a couple of case pieces that I like to keep, you know, some bigger toys that he, that Henry plays with in our kitchen. We'll just tuck them back into the bottom of the pine piece that's in his bedroom. And then I have these great huge baskets that I'll just throw all those little trucks in. Um, but yes, the toys are a daily challenge. Do you clean them up every day? Yes. Yeah. What? I don't know. What? I don't clean his playroom every day, but I, I pick up like his toys in our living area like every day. After he goes day. to sleep, you run around for five minutes. But why tidier. doesn't he clean them up? That's my question. He's <laughs> four. He helps. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Time to clean them yes. up. It's a game. He helps. <laughs> um, he's really into Legos. So those are a lot of little pieces. And those don't hurt want to step to on. Step on. Yeah. No, they hurt so bad. No, and then you can't find it. Yeah. But Legos have made, like, they make really great carrying cases for all those tiny pieces. So we'll throw them all back in there. That's good. Yeah. How do you, we get a lot of questions about laying out a room. I feel like it's what people struggle with the most. How, what is like your, I don't know. Yeah. Give us a lesson basically. Oh gosh. Um, every room is so different just depending on size and scale and if you want your TV over the mantle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do find that a appropriately scaled sofa and two chairs generally works in every living room. So if you can start there, um, nothing too oversized and nothing too skimpy, but usually that will work in some, whether that's in an L shape or we flank the chairs by the fireplace across from the sofa. Um, that's generally where I begin. Now, if we have a client who, you know, her husband has his chair, mm-hmm. then we make sure it has a special space for that. And usually it's a nice chair, like a leather <laughs> chair. Why, did, why do they always have a chair? They and why is chair. it always leather? Why? Why do guys love leather? Why do they have a whole a podcast just about that? Why do guys love leather so <laughs> We're going to have to get, I feel like guy. also almost <laughs> every guest we've had has in some way commented on the leather and the guys. You know what I mean? Yes. Like this is a recurring topic. Yeah, we're not yeah. making it up. Yeah, plaid <laughs> and leather. I la- I say all men want to live in a English pub. Is that it's what it's true? Is? My it's husband true. is an Irish pub. But the pub theme yeah. for sure. Tartan plaids, mm-hmm. heavy colors, a bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately there's some really fantastic leather options out there now. Mm-hmm. Um you know, even recliners that don't look like recliners. There are amazing recliners in days. beautiful gray or butterscotch leathers. Like I love a camel, um, or just a rich, you know, brown. And really, to me, when leather gets older and more crackled, that just makes it look even more handsome. Like that very Ralph Lauren look. Mm-hmm. True. If you love him enough to get the <laughs> to rec- let him, to let him have the leather chair, yeah. <laughs> Joe doesn't have his own chair. But we don't really have a room. For, we don't have room for it. What? Will doesn't have his own chair. We don't have room for one either. 
<laughs> I love that you did that in quotes. <laughs> we don't have room. We wink, have wink. recliner in the basement. Um, okay, well, we do you have um, in your living room a great um, alternative for a recliner, which is like a big oversized chair and an ottoman. Yes, it's basically it's the comfy. same thing. Yeah, right. Guys just want that like they want the flip back mechanism, the handle, and yes, with a cup holder. Right. The ride. Yes. yes. What's the wildest thing you had to talk your husband into that you brought home? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, or do, do you I just put it in the house the... and see if he notices? He never notices. Yes. See? Not anymore. He used to. Um, probably when we were first married it was just the amount of change. That I brought, that I imparted. The amount of time too. Yeah, like, you did it quickly. Um, I did it fairly, you know, over the course of a couple of years. But um, there was it was just very boy when I came along with mm, that's true with a real cabin feel, which I like a little of, <laughs> but, but not you a whole know. Theme. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Touches, um, cabin touches. I wanted to feel in my house too, right. and he understood that for sure. Um, our second house was, like I said, much more open concept. It was a bit more contemporary feel, but we worked on that so well together. Like that was our house where we chose so much together, which was really great. Um, he probably would say, like, maybe the wallpaper. Has been oh, in more your entry a, with the, like the starbursty things, yeah, and like in the boys' bathrooms. I love um, that wallpaper in your thank entry. You. I do too. It was subtle but still graphic, really pretty. Thanks, it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk about wallpaper for a second because okay. you have used it in lots of different applications in your house, and well, no, that and I mean, how do you pick? How do you know when you found a wallpaper that you can live with for a long time? Yeah. How do you mix them in adjacent rooms without that being too much? Like, how much wallpaper do you have? Well, both of the boys' bathrooms are wallpapered. Mm-hmm. That kind of coordinate with their rooms. Um, the entryway is wallpapered, and then my dining room has a grass cloth that really looks. I mean, it's a solid color, and then I have that sort of accent wall in my keeping room. Um, the keeping room just. It makes me smile. I loved the wallpaper, and it just—I wanted to sort of break up a big room of a lot of white wall. What does it look like? I don't remember. It's that. It's um kind of a taupey background grass cloth with sort of a hand blocked um sort of sunburst on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It's um I loved it from the get go, and my entry wallpaper um, was probably the first thing I did when we bought our house, like decision wise. Yeah, I just thought it was so fun. And then I kind of started nailing up all of those paintings. I don't just know how you had the courage to Went do that. with it. <laughs> we have a, a, a powder room. I mean, I upholstered our powder room bathroom. And it was done for probably two years. I just put my first hole in it. And it scared oh. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's yeah. frightening. Because you're like, yes. you can't undo this. You can't just whip no. out the spackle. and Right. Get some paint, you know. Like, yes, it took me a while. Too. What about those um those command hooks? Do they work? I've never used oh, one, but people talk about them a lot. They would pull the wallpaper off. They would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's even worse. Yeah, yeah. you got a big hole. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Okay, I loved if I loved your entryway because I feel like everyone wants a great big. 
foyer with a place to put their keys and like everyone dreams about this most of us do not have that mm -mm. and i loved the way you put the wallpaper you had a great rug you had this amazing gallery wall and then a blush pink ceiling. It was adorable. Oh, you had a blush pink ceiling? Thank you. It's called Whispering Peach. <laughs> you are like more. Caroline. She can remember every single pink gloss. color in the world. Yes. <laughs> oh, my cool. gosh. Y'all could play a game. Uh, we could. We should have had paint. Name that paint trivia. Name that paint, yes. <gasps> We're doing that next time. Okay, well, you have to put it together. All right. I'll manage that. <laughs> I think every designer has their sort of go-to colors that they like. Whispering Peach was definitely one I had to kind of sample up. But I bring clients in my house a lot to see. They want to say, well, I don't, before I commit, do you have something you can show me? I'm like, yeah, come over. What What's you your go-to white? Go-to white is, it was, was a special blend of linen white and white dove, both Benjamin Moore. But now the Like color, a half and half blend? Half and half. Okay. That's 50-50. But now China White, I love it. Which way did it go? Cooler or warmer? A little cooler. Um, white Dove does have a lot of brown in it. And Linen White certainly is more of like a warm tone. But yes, China White. That's the color in my kitchen with okay. the Revere Pewter trim. It's pretty. So Thanks. if you have a client that doesn't, I want to go back to the foyer. Mm -hmm. If you have a client that <laughs> She's obsessed with their foyer. Oh, well, I love that you love my foyer. It was so happy. And I have two questions about it. One, you did a great job of mixing art in different styles. And I feel like that's something we've gotten that question on the blog before, mm -hmm. where people aren't sure what is okay to put together on a gallery wall and what's not okay. Mm -hmm. So, and then I'll Help us. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, back when you guys said you, I love blue, I do. I lean, I gravitate towards blue and green. Those natural colors i think they're especially blue blue and white porcelain so most of my art does have a little touch of blue somewhere so that's probably you know if you can find some common thread with your artwork but i truly believe if you love something you put it next to something else that you love then it's going to work it does not matter what style it is um and my artwork comes from people that i love so there's a piece in there that my sister that my husband's sister had commissioned for us of a dirt road in our hometown that oh. I just think is so sweet and special. So that came from her and then pieces that my mother-in-law would find for me at antique malls um, or that my friends have painted. I have insanely talented friends, a lot of them. I need some friends like that. But don't you think we all need have more a friend friends. who's like artistically inclined? And I mean, I feel like everyone must know someone that can draw or paint or do something like Go ask I just your friends. They would be so flattered. More of them. <laughs> I have really talented friends. Um, <laughs> you guys are just on show off now. <laughs> I know. My friends. Y'all. But I, I just grab friends. No. <laughs> Listen. Um, but I just grab things I like, you know. So that that's kind of my rule of thumb with artwork, too. It's just if you love it, then I say just get it together. Yeah. yeah, because we're not art collector you know what i mean it yes. doesn't have to be a valuable piece it's going to appreciate and yes. like you said it needs to yeah. speak to you and when exactly. you look at it it gives you joy but even if you look at art collectors who have the means to you know invest in really expensive things their tastes are so varied you know they may have an abstract next to a, a dutch master or something mm -hmm. um but i just say if you love it then you find a place for it yeah 
It's That's like your kind wardrobe. of our saying too. Yeah. Right. So, if you we're like, if you buy it, just buy it. Yeah. Just buy Find it. a spot for that. <laughs> <laughs> you can always find a spot. Yes. Um, okay. The my second question. How do you, <laughs> and then I'm done. No, no, I'm just saying. Um, How can our listeners make a statement in a small space like their entryway where they don't necessarily have a lot of wall or your traditional foyer, but they Mm -hmm. want to make an impression? So I don't, you know, my entryway is quite small too. So you really, there wasn't a great space for a piece of furniture or anything in there. But once I wallpapered, it felt much more defined. So if you can wallpaper or paint it a bold color or even with a paint treatment, say you did a stripe or a vertical or horizontal could be fun, even if it's a tiny little space. A great piece of lighting in your ceiling, whether it's a semi-flush or even if you have room for like a great drop lantern is a fun, you know, kind of to define a space too. And then if you have room for some artwork, even better. And throw a great runner down. Mm -hmm. I like the idea about the flush mount. I feel like there are more and more... Cool. Becoming kids. really pretty ones. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you can find. Yes. You know, make it pretty. Drama. Yeah. Drama. And, and kind of bend the rules, you know, in your entryway. Find something that's a little bit maybe more wild or eclectic that you may not use elsewhere in your house, but it could really make that little space that's pop. That's a good point. It's not a room you spend a lot of time in, so you can make it a little crazier Edgy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're hence the whispering peach on the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> so do you find it easier to uh, design for smaller homes or larger homes i think my, i get the sense that your home is smallish cottage. yes yes this is a tiny cottage okay. yes um i love i have loved the small room scales i think my approach is about making you feel comfortable in your home so i find it's a bit easier in a smaller house so that when we have living rooms that are just huge, you want them to feel cozy right. and it's the challenge is a little harder. So I think in ways like grass cloth and great rugs or layered rugs help, you know, and then great pieces of furniture. But I think my goal is for you to feel very comfortable in your home. So it, I probably don't like it more, but it's easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because, um, a lot, like Caroline was saying, a lot of the questions we get on the blog are about furniture arrangement mm-hmm. and how to lay out a room. And those really large rooms are so hard because yeah. if you need to have two seating arrangements or you're floating half the stuff in the room, that's very unfamiliar to people. And it yes. feels uncomfortable mm-hmm. to pull that sofa out from the wall and put it in the middle of the room and, you know, like do two mirrored arrangements or something. It's just, you know, it's not the norm that most right. people are used to. And that's true with a lot of my new builds, sort of your main living spaces, like your kitchen, your keeping room, and your breakfast room are usually one space Mm -hmm. that may be defined by a great case opening, but usually it's sort of all one room. So then you kind of have to define those spaces with a rug or a a furniture arrangement. Do you personally like an open floor plan or do you like it to be divided up? Um. Having lived in both, I see there's pros and cons. I think with small children, having everything together is super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you can keep an eye on them. Everything happens in that same area. So that is nice when you're kind of getting everyone out the door in the morning. Yeah. They're right, right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But it's hard to keep it tidy out. <laughs> you oh, can't yeah, segregate yeah. the mess. Yes, I like, yes. I always like to segregate a mess. Mm-hmm. Like that room, <laughs> I can sit in that room. It's tidy. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's why all of the, our playroom is downstairs and that there's, I don't allow that many toys upstairs. Oh. Like you can do whatever you want down there. We build forts down that's there. That's where the recliner is. The, the recliners <laughs> have been relegated. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I like the way you you handle that family. <laughs> Get downstairs and play. Oh my gosh! And you can recline yes. in that chair. You can watch whatever you want on that huge TV. <laughs> yes. How big is too big for a television? Oh my goodness! So, um, a big TV can mm. be so great, you know, if you're all watching it. But sometimes, yes. Um, if, Girl, so if you, you just wait until you go in my. My room right over no, here. I, You're going to cry. It's so ridiculously large. It's no, 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 no. I live, my husband <laughs> is very techie, and he comes from a techie family, and they have giant TV. They like giant TVs. So um, I've, I've learned <laughs> to be okay with that. Um, it's funny, so like. How do you. Like, how big? How <laughs> I bet I got you beat. <laughs> <laughs> if it's bigger than the piece of furniture it's over, sometimes that might be a little too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I bet you can see the picture on it I really well. I can see well. every pore, every <laughs> pore of Angelina's <laughs> nose. The, like, oh, yes, Angelina, the morning show when you're watching like, GMA. It's like, oh. Okay, wait. Do y'all see what's in their teeth. They went um, high def. Yes. Do y'all remember that? And, and you're, you're like, like Ew. oh, God. <laughs> Everyone's really ugly. <laughs> Oh my no. god! Just need to adjust their lighting. <laughs> yeah. What's your decorating pet peeve? Um, I guess maybe it's more of a client pet peeve. Um, How works? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> a closed mind. So if if you're, I like to come in and just start. My job is to be creative for you. That's what I kind of feel, and. When I get, I feel that creativity gets a little stomped on or I'm like, this could have been so much, much fun, you know? So really I just appreciate an open mind. I'm not ever saying my way is the highway, but I, that is probably something that frustrates me. Is it because they're afraid? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Unfamiliar. So it's scary. It is scary. Or if. We do that one suggestion maybe that I have, then we need to do like 20 more. Oh. You know, the ball keeps rolling. Mm-hmm. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. <laughs> but it's funny because they've hired you to yeah. kind of take that fear off of them. Yes. So it's, you know. And it's like not they know like that, that they need to not be afraid, and that's why they've hired you, but yet they're still afraid. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I would be afraid to hire an interior designer. I would. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I'd. I don't know. I would be nervous. Yeah, it is. What if I hate what you show me and then I have to tell you I hate it? Or should I just trust you? And then what if it all gets in here and I really hate it? That's a lot. Um, I know that is. It's a lot of pressure. And I'm so thankful to have a friendship with my clients mm-hmm. so that they can say they feel I feel that they feel comfortable telling me, OK, that might just not work. And I'm totally fine with that. When I make my proposals, I certainly tell them, please, by all means, take your time, look this over, and let me know what you'd like to change. But when I'm giving them a proposal, the pieces do fit together. So 
Um, and again, that's like kind of the beauty of them being able to see images of other things that I've done. And I can say, oh, that client, that table, she had that. And then we worked around it for everything else. So we can do the same for you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's answer some questions. (laughs) Our first question is from David, and he says... It's from a guy. Oh, it is from a guy. I didn't even realize this was a dude writing this. I love that we have a dude. Okay, and David has a beautiful house in Seattle that the photos are on the blog, so definitely go in there and check those out. Um, You can find the blog post at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. .com. Here it is. Hello, Karen, Taryn, and Caroline. I have a dilemma, and I'd love to get your interior designer's opinion on it. I apologize in advance. It's detailed. My husband and I just bought a new build home in Seattle. It's a modern version of a classic four square. It sits on a corner lot with the corner exposure being southwest. And, okay, well. um, West, southwest. Mm -hmm. So lots of natural light in the house, which is great here in Seattle. First of all, y'all look at the picture. It's so cute. It's It's adorable. I love that staircase. My dilemma is we need window treatment. And with 39 windows, wow! holy cow, with most of those being two to three panes wide, it has me a bit overwhelmed. I feel that white three to four inch plantation shutters would look great in the house and complement its lines and overall style, along with shutters, maybe some pirouette blinds on the main floor and master bedroom. What's a pirouette blind? There are those blinds that turn. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like a ballerina. That does a pirouette. Okay, I get it. Um, I'm learning something. <laughs> All right, I interrupted. Go ahead. Then maybe blackout cellular shades in the kids' bedrooms. My problems are, since we are higher up, privacy is really only an issue in the lower parts of the windows, with the upper parts mostly having a nice views of evergreens, and in the master bedroom, a view of the lake. I hate to cover up the upper view just to get privacy for the lower half. Um so I'm thinking a shade with the top-down feature is great. I'm thinking about doing cafe shutters in a few areas, but haven't seen them in person, and I'm wondering if they look okay or if they just look unfinished. I'm afraid of lo- losing lots of light if I do full shutters with a divider bar so I can block out more of the bottom portion while leaving the uppers open. How do you feel about cafe shutters? Do you think cafe shutters on the bottom with the tailored Romans on top would look okay? Basically, let's just help her out with her windows. Him. Yeah. David. Him. David. I'm sorry. Let's mm-hmm. just help him Their out dude. with his windows. I have to say that I've recently been loving cafe curtains. What? They have I been, as well. I know. What? It seems what? so old and granny, but if you go on Pinterest or House or somewhere like that, there are some really pretty tailored, like, Cool. Really yummy looking ones. I'm getting hmm. in there now. Just yeah. classic. Google. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't believe you. <laughs> Grace and I says the same thing. Um, there's so many fun kind of high-end shears now. I hesitate to even really use that word because it's not like our grandma's shears. But some pretty things that would give you still some filtered light. And in a cafe mm-hmm. curtain application, I think that could be quite lovely. And I'm not opposed to the half-up plantation shutter like what he's describing especially in a place that has beautiful views yeah i I also i have i want to question david here a little bit um about how much privacy exactly does he need because 
your dining room, it's okay, David. Right. You're not walking around in there in your boxers, probably. Yeah. So you don't probably need anything. Yes. Let it go a little bit. I find people tend to be really nervous about people looking into their homes. Okay, look, we're in my dining room right now. People can look in here all night. And it's fine. I'm yes. not out here in my lingerie right. at night. Um, <laughs> and in the daytime... It's hard for people to see in your house because it is lighter outside than it is in your house. So if you look, walk around and look in people's houses in the daytime, they can't really see inside your house unless you have it highly illuminated. So mm-hmm. it's lighter inside than it is outside. So that's why you can see inside at and night. That's like almost not ever going to happen. Right. Right. Like when is ever going to be? Right. So it's yeah. really yeah. rare that people are going to be like spying on you in your house. So lighten up a little bit on your privacy issue mm-hmm. and i understand in your bedrooms and stuff you definitely don't want people peeking in but like you know your front rooms yeah. you might not need some he of that also absolutely points out that his and if you go and look at the photos you'll see this but his main floor is actually the second the floor. second floor. right so he needs even less privacy is what yeah. i'm saying yeah. because shares are a good idea mm-hmm. um I, I mean but he's got such a great view the mountains and you the lake love that- and I do love the look of like a cafe shutter or something with just decorative um, panels too. Oh yeah, on I the think sides. that's soft. Yeah, that yeah. feels that very. You're not using, but it just looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, frame the window, hang. give you a little softness in the room. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so we said yes to the plant, uh, the cafe plantation shutters, or a tailored cafe curtain, or something, a beautiful sheer of some sort, maybe right. in a cafe version. Yes, or maybe nothing on some of those Mm -hmm. david we want to see afters he's got great taste the Mm -hmm. furniture is gorgeous i love it all i want to visit david invite us out Um, and i always say to do blackout in kids rooms where you can you do Mm -hmm. why they can sleep a little longer Mm. give Mm. you a little peace and quiet yeah Mm. i should do that on my own but does it train your kid to not be able to sleep in the light you know, like when everyone keeps everything super quiet and then kids can't sleep with a single noise. Yeah. Use that first degree. Tell us. <laughs> um, you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> Henry, that has not been a problem for us. Um, no, really. Personal. Like Henry can sleep pretty much, you know, once he goes down, he goes down. But I do understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, parents who have those certain exact checklists they do every right. single night. Yeah. But I always like blackout just because, like in the summertime, when or does the sun it gets come up light earlier? So, it stays light so long. It stays yeah. light so long, right? And so, like, there's many nights where you know he's going to bed and it's still light outside. Mm-hmm. So, That's the wor- remember when you were a kid? Oh, that man. was the worst. The worst. It's like cheated. go to bed and you're like, it's not bedtime. It's so cheated. Oh, so, oh, I hated that. Forcing you to go to bed and in it's the like daytime, literally <laughs> lunchtime. <laughs> so sad. My mother's so mean. <laughs> yes. Okay. You want to go to the next one? Yeah. Um, the next one is from Heather. And she says, we have only been in our home about a year and I have recently updated our fireplace. We are very happy with the updated look and now get to decorate the room. We have used a lot of furniture that we already had and it's definitely coming together. But it seems like something is missing or off. 
I am happy to rearrange decor, art, furniture, and can and reconsider what is already there too. We've thought of changing the table's light fixture, adding drapes, or even painting the fireplace surrounding surround black, but just aren't sure. Can you give me suggestions on what your next steps would be and how to bring this room to the next level? Mm. And then she has images. Oh, Maggie, tell us. Yes. Um, it's such a cute room. This seems like kind of the same thing we do with our kitchen. It's right off the kitchen. We've got the breakfast room and the living space. So that's so fun. I bet they spend a lot of time here. Yeah, it's a long rectangle with a dining, like a rectangular dining table at one end and then a sofa, fireplace, and two chairs at the other end with some built-in bookcases on the other side of the sofa. Yes. I think my first thing um, is maybe doing two, like a pair of chairs near the fireplace that were a bit more comfortable for when you're having company or entertaining. Um, I think that could be super nice so that you have an alternative, you know, rather than sitting on the sofa. But I I love those layered rugs. I love the leather sofa. That's so fun. So cushier chairs, maybe a little yeah, bigger like a club or chair. more sinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. And maybe like a everyday flax linen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, if you can put drapes on a window, I always say go for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she could put them on the window that's down by the living room and matching ones kind of flanking that doorway. Yeah. To kind of tie those spaces together. Absolutely. All the way to the ceiling. High as you can. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking that if this were my house, I would put a big, I don't know, uh, well, I would put a big like console or Mm -hmm. something underneath this kind of linear. um, The space in the dining room. Yeah, the space Mm -hmm. in the dining room. I feel like it could support like a night. I mean, because you've got this little bump out. Um, like a server piece. Put the toys in open at the bottom. Yeah, you could put the toys in the basket in the bottom or something. Um, I definitely feel like there needs to be more sources of lighting, which I feel like is what I preach every week. Yes. Um, so she's got one lamp and one overhead chandelier over the dining table. Um, and when I initially looked at this, I was immediately like, oh, she needs two lamps over by the chairs by the fireplace. You know, mm-hmm. like... Um, I'm um, acting floor lamp. Like a floor lamp. Yeah, like yeah. A, yeah. Um, a floor lamp or one that kind of arch. An arc lamp. Yeah, something Fine. tiny that would go over each lamp and give more light there. And like you're saying, Caroline, if she puts a console in the dining area with two lamps, I mean, as many sources of lighting in there, I think, as you can. And I think you could update that light fixture that's over the dining room table. Yes. Um, I think something um, maybe a little more in keeping with the vibe of what you've got going on in there. Um would and be drop really that pretty. a little, maybe. Mm-hmm. She's got a great fan. She great does fan. have a good fan. Super great fan. fan. You know, Love the great the good fan. fan. It is. I. What about a rug in the dining area? I kind of feel like a nice indoor-outdoor rug there that could work. would help yeah. make it feel cozier or something. It would. How do you recommend someone that has added these um, built-ins to decorate the top bookshelves if you don't have a zillion books to fill right. them? What do you usually recommend? So, you know, if you don't have a collection, I just suggest you maybe start something that has a common thread. So whether that's beautiful vases in a certain shade or color that you love, um, you know, mercury glass is always fun or things that are made of wood like that don't have so much color, but maybe just some texture that you could throw up. Boxes are always um, nice things to pick up. 
And, and you, you know, you know, if you can paint you the can back of your bookcases, that's always fun. Yes. When you when you decide, Little okay, paintings. I'm going to have all white accessories or all navy, mm-hmm. and then every time you're in Home Goods or at a yes. thrift store or whatever, you know, just keep picking up little pieces, and, grab some things, yeah, and tuck them in around the room, and then suddenly, you know, three months from now, you're like, you have a collection. oh, it's all good. Yes, good. I'm a collector. One thing I've been noticing recently in bookshelves is they'll take the top shelf and they'll just put one really big sculptural thing mm-hmm. on the top shelf mm-hmm. right. like a soup tureen yes. or a like an you know like an antique something that has a kind of a funky a or, shape mm-hmm. and then it's centered in the middle of the bookshelf and there's nothing else on it mm-hmm. everything else has books mm-hmm. and boxes and objet mm-hmm. but yes. the top one is like one big thing. and it draws I love that. a lot of impact yeah i've always liked that I totally agree about maybe doing a bigger scale chairs in front of the fireplace. You know what, Carolyn, as I'm looking to, it looks like she has a bin or something in the corner, maybe for toys in the dining area. And if she did put like a little shallow console in there, you could use the bottom of that console to store the kid toys or whatever. It's going to have a couple shelves. Yeah, it'll be functional and it'll be pretty and it'll hold your lamps. I like it. It's a pretty room. It is. Yeah. I, I like the like wall color. She's further along than she thinks she is. Yeah. You know? I like, think you just need some finishing touches. Yeah. Agreed. And you could even put another lamp at the other end of that sofa, a floor lamp. You know, I like a lamp. I know. I got a lamp issue. Maybe like a pair of pretty hurricanes on either side of her painting. That's a great idea oh, up on yes. the mantle. Yes. A little more drama up on the mantle. Mm-hmm. Something to balance the pretty painting. It's a really pretty painting. I love the bright color. It's blue. Some blue in there. So a good rule of thumb for sizing of your art over your fireplace, and she's like right on the money here, is your art should be about the same size as your like firebox. Really? Like whatever the opening is, Mm -hmm. your art should be that same size or bigger. Yeah. Uh But... Nothing's but at not least smaller. Not smaller. Yes. Right. Then it's it a just really looks great rule of thumb. Unintentional. Yeah. Good job, Caroline. Anyways, wow. I was recently reading something that was on the blog that gives that advice. So. Wow. Cool. I feel like we've solved all the problems of the world. I know. I know. We've covered a lot of ground. <laughs> we have. We have. Yeah. So tell everyone how they can find you online and all that good oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. So my website's maggiegriffindesign.com. Um, I'm Maggie Griffin Design on Instagram and Maggie Griffin Design on Facebook. All right. Well, thank you so much for stopping oh by. We loved you. having you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was Fun great. evening. Can we do this every week? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. totally. And everyone, please go check out, of course, follow Maggie on all the platforms she just listed, but also go check out her house tour. I think y'all really like it. Oh, on, on our blog. Yes, It's really blog. great. Yep. And your husband's adorable. Thanks. He's he hottie. so cute yeah. oh my god were those He's photos of looking. them in the kitchen not he was so the cute. most precious thing y'all ever. are very sweet you're like the cutest <laughs> yeah. little couple ever oh thanks you i've really been in are. love with him since i was like 13 well check him out on the blog <laughs> he's really cute oh yeah he's but good he's looking take <laughs> oh my gosh you're gonna have to make david listen to this podcast. oh he i mean he will yeah he'll turn this on at work and he'll be like oh my gosh Okay. That little listen insection, to the babe. End, honey. <laughs> Wait, listen to the end. I'll know if you don't. That's right, the very end. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. That's our show. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast in your Apple Podcast app. You can listen in um, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can find us. And of course, we would love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. 
And definitely check out the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And we would love for you to send us your questions at podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can answer them on a future episode. And until next time, happy decorating. decorating.